back with none other than Dennis Cornelius, the 120 King has returned. Um, we're just talking about how uh, you're you're kind of doubling up your powerlifting and jujitsu training at the same time. Dennis, do you happen to have now that I just noticed, do you happen to have earphones? Oh yeah. Okay. That'll help for our feedback. That'll help for the feedback. I got you. No problem. Yeah, yeah, no worries. We'll talk amongst ourselves. But uh my man, you were just talking about um Kanye West's album. Oh Jesus. Okay, let's do a quick album review while while we got a minute. Uh, yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna be a little biased I'm a huge Kanye fan. I know he says a lot of crazy shit, but I like his music. I'm not, okay, so I'm not opposed to, to like, a gospel album. And, like I was saying before, obviously, like, um, like everyone from 50 Cent to Eminem to whoever drops, like, references to God right. or whatever. But when it's a full album, so is it just every single song talks about God? Every single song. So, yes. like, the first one is kind of just, you have the choir, and it's the choir intro. And then the next ones you have more rap. It's gospel rap, though. Um, it's the production that... is good, though. I like the production. There's a couple of songs with the feeling, but overall, I think most of it I like. Like, God is, was it God is King? That was yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm the You're back. Yes, that's, that's, a, that's a lot better, my man. I'm just going to turn up the volume a little bit. Okay, so we were talking about um, just briefly you separating your jujitsu and the powerlifting. And for anybody who doesn't know, you started entering into the... I remember years ago when we had you on, you were you were talking about, I think I want to get into jiu-jitsu. And um, obviously that started up. So how has that been going? Because I love jiu-jitsu and MMA and the whole nine as well. Uh, it's going good. I mean, it, it, you know, it's... Uh, um, I'm kind of using it twofold to keep in shape and keep my weight down. But also learn it because it's fun. Yeah, you know? But yeah, it's been good. It is, it is, man, in terms of like keeping the weight off, I found that too. Like, there's, they call it like fight shape, but there was nothing yeah. like it. I mean, I, when I, if I'm, because I tore my calf in the summer, so I haven't been able to do jujitsu. I can do technique, but I can't actually roll. And like, doing technique, you're not going to burn really a lot of calories. But when I was rolling, um, and for anyone listening, not familiar, like rolling slang for like uh, sparring in jujitsu, you say rolling. Dude, mm-hmm. I, dude, I, couldn't keep the weight on like I was dropping down I had to eat so much to keep my body weight up like you really lose a lot of weight man like it's yeah. a, it's an amazing and in terms of like cardio I can walk and listen to a podcast and whatnot but I'm not a big cardio guy sure shit not on a treadmill but when it comes no. to jujitsu because jujitsu is literally like like chess only physical there's so many you could do jujitsu your whole life and never learn all of jujitsu. Like right. it, there, there's, it's a, it's like a decision tree where there's so many entries, counters to those entries, sweeps, and then counters to those sweeps, and then rolling into a submission, and then you have strategy like a chess game where <laughs> I have you leaning in this direction, but I'm really baiting you into, and you have all these other like you know strategies to counter. Um, it's crazy, man. It's wild. And it's, you're computing this in your mind while physically scrapping it out with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It gets to the point where you got to kind of, it, it, it almost needs to be second nature, you know, you, yeah. especially when you roll like bike belts or, or higher belts, you know, you get, it becomes, I, I, I still have to use a lot of, uh, 
strength and athleticism. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, so, and then you know, and, and you know, and then you also have to use strategy too. I mean, yeah. but yeah, I'm still, I'm still at a point where I'm using a lot of strength and athleticism to, it, it, to get me out. Of it. For for a dude like you who's squatting like a, what was it in terms of pounds? It was nine hundred and fifty three ish. Yeah, nine fifty. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> like. So when you say I'm using a lot of strength on these dudes, these dudes are probably ah oh, shit. I'm rolling with Dennis. When, when people are like, when when it's time like the bell rings, like you look around the room, and you got to switch off partners, and you're, everyone's like avoiding eye contact. Like oh, fuck. Is, is, I get a lot of that. Yeah. Is it, a, is, it is it when you're doing it though? Because uh, you gas when you're using a lot of strength, right? Like, how do you feel? Is it? Are you able to just like they, I think they call it gooning it? Like I could goon a submission out of somebody where like it's half in, it's half not. But if I apply pressure, this dude's tapping because there's a lot of it's a lot of pressure. You're gonna yeah. I mean, it just I, I, I kind of use discretion when I'm on them, but yeah, it's um, it, I try to I, I try to do the technique correctly so I don't yeah. you know so I don't try to hurt people or get myself hurt. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, there's some of that. Um, I don't know how. To... And when you cage up, like, like I'm sure there's times where someone's trying to take an arm or a leg, like you, you just cage up defensively, and it's like, my man, you are never gonna, um, you are never gonna roll that arm out. Like they are just like trying or they're trying to like isolate a limb, and you're like, oh, love, you're, you're, <laughs> you're chasing yeah. the wrong dog. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, so. Usually when somebody taps me up, they usually have to get my leg. My leg game's not very well developed, so usually people are trying to get that. And, and if they tap me out, that's how they tap me out now. Yeah. Um, like it, most people aren't getting triangles. They're not getting, they're not getting that sort of thing on me. And, and me, I have to, you know, I'm still, <clears throat> I'm still doing key locks and um, I'm not pretty good at gear rolling people and, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know that's fun. <laughs> do they know? Do these dudes at your gym? Do they know who you are and, and like what level of powerlifting you are? Um, the guys that know my gym do. Um, I don't. You know the jujitsu community altogether. Guys around town, I think, kind of do. They kind of they kind of know who I am. But um, but outside of that, not really. I haven't done a tournament yet. Have not, they? You know, I can only imagine. So if you when you walk in the room, like if they found out the type of numbers you're moving, and like that would be I can't. So here's the thing. This is where life is funny. For you, you're just you. You're just like yeah. your your reality is a little different. For every every fucking buddy else in that room, it's like a whole different world. Like when you roll with somebody, your reality is okay. I'm probably like three to four times stronger than the individual I'm rolling with. And jujitsu guys very seldomly lift weights, which is kind of funny. Like, they, yeah. uh, there's like a weird stigma. Uh, wrestlers, they lift weights. Like, some wrestlers are jacked. Um, the mm-hmm. Russian, the Russian who was on, who was champion forever, uh, I think his name's Carlin, who was just, uh, uh, sorry if I'm butchering this, some people are like, oh my god, how can you not get his name right? But he, he was undefeated, I think he lost like one match ever to the American. Um, but, wrestlers are jacked, and they lift weights, but for some reason in jiu-jitsu, because the art was developed for overcoming stronger people. And that's what, so they almost have this weird kind of stigma against weightlifting, right? So when, yeah. you, when you roll with them, 
they are nowhere near as strong. Like in terms of what they could bench press or squat, a lot of them it's not going to be that good. So when you that's being generous. So when a guy like you comes around, the strength discrepancy is going to be fucking ridiculous. Like you feel like a gorilla sometimes, where you're like, "Holy shit, I'm a lot stronger than these guys." Yeah, it's funny when the guys come in from other gyms or something. They don't know who I am. They're like, "God dang, you're a tank." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the trend. Is, it seems like the trend is starting to kind of change a little bit. Some people are still stuck in the the old way, but I think it's starting to change a little bit. When people are realizing that, yeah, I gotta be strong. You know, yeah, that's kind of part of it. So, I, yeah, if when well, when you see like. Um, like, if you look at the Jiu-Jitsu World Championships right now, like Gordon Ryan, do you watch some yeah. Abu Dhabi and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched ADCC. Did you? Yeah. It, it's cool how, um, like, so I think Jiu-Jitsu is, like, powerlifting in a lot of ways. In terms of its growth, it's starting yeah. to, it, it's, people didn't super, unless you were doing Jiu-Jitsu, you didn't follow it. Same with powerlifting. Like, you have to be right. a practitioner where now it's crossing over so people know who powerlifters are in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. You can just be a normal yeah. gym goer. Same thing with, like, Gordon Ryan is, like, one of those dudes who, like, everyone knows who Gordon Ryan is now. Not everyone, but he's getting big. Yeah, right? yeah. He's if you're in jiu-jitsu, you know who he is, yeah. 100%. For sure. Even yeah. even dudes who are, like, MMA fans who don't yeah, know yeah. fighting art, yeah. they'll know who Gordon Ryan is now, to more yeah. or less. And um, dudes like him are kicking down. I've heard him in interviews, and he's like, how are, how are you going to do, like, a sport where you're locked up with somebody and you don't do any kind of strength training? How is that... How is that a deficit, right. a disadvantage? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my grandma could be a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but she's not. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. I mean, you just got to think, think of it that way. Yeah. One of the best stories I like about Jiu-Jitsu, and this is somewhat contradictory, but not entirely, because it's not. So, you know Helio Gracie? He yeah. Like started, he's like one of the founders. There's a yeah. dude who was 25 years old. And I think it's name it was Soalo Ribeiro. He wrote a book called Jiu-Jitsu University, and um, he's like a world champion, twenty-five years old. And Helio at the time was like seventy. Okay, and um, they he was watching Soalo do like like rolling and stuff, and and um, Soalo felt like, oh man, I'm. He was like 25 years old, and he's trying to like show up a little bit because he knew Helio was watching. Helio like made the art. And he's like, man, I'm just trying to show up a little bit. And so he's he's totally styling on a couple of these dudes, undressing them, basically. And Helio came down on the mats, and he's like, you're good. You're real good. And Swallow's like, yeah, I know. And then he's like, um, and Helio said, but I I don't think you could beat me. And, and Swallow's like, get the fuck are you saying? He goes, you mean in your prime? And Helio goes, no. I mean, right now, I don't think you could beat me. And he was like, <laughs> All right, let's set the clock and let's roll. So they set the clock, and he put the onus on the young man to tap him out. And you know in jiu-jitsu, when you're rolling, there's no points when it's sparring. It's just time. Three minutes. Yeah. And um, to get it, so Swallow climbed all over the old man, but he couldn't tap him out. The old man knew what he's doing. He didn't physically have the ability to stop him, but he was good enough technically that he could stay out of danger enough to survive. And it was just, so at the end of the three to five minutes, whatever the role was, they slapped hands and it was a stalemate and the young man got humbled. And that's one thing I like about jiu-jitsu at the very least is like, you, you know, like the Kill Bill 2, Pompey, thousand-year-old man who was like the old. <laughs> I love the, the idea of um, when things are leaving, you know, physically, the older we get, 
things are going to start leaving eventually. Um, being able to have enough technique that if a young guy walks in a room and he's, 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 he wants to start styling on you, it's like, okay, young man, we, we, we can roll. We can roll. Yeah, there was a guy yesterday. So I rolled yesterday for two hours, man. And uh, uh, just open mat, Saturday's open mat. And this, this guy's in there. He's, he's from France or something. And uh, we're rolling. We're doing 10 minute roll, 10 minute matches, you know. And, and the, the bell rings, and the, I mean, the uh, the clock times or whatever. And he wants to keep going. Like, I'm like, God dang, dude. It's, some, it's like a purple belt or something like that. And I roll with him. 10 minutes, he wants to keep going, even through the like, minute break, and then he wants to keep rolling again. I mean, we roll literally for 20 minutes at a time. Oh, I'm like, dude, I gotta just get this water, man. And then we get to the end, and then we get to the end of like the two hours, and then I roll with my structure, and he's, and he's, you know, he's he's a black belt, he's very athletic, and he's good. And I roll with a couple other people, my brother, somebody, a couple other people. And then I roll with the French guy again, and he wants to, he roll, we roll for 20 minutes, like over 20 minutes. <laughs> Like he just wants to, like, he's wanting to tap me out, like, the whole time. Yeah, that's it. He's chasing mm-hmm. that. He's like, no bricks, no bricks. It's like, what the? He, I, I, think he, I think he wanted to tap me out. I think he was, like, he was, like, pissed off when he couldn't do it. Or so. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was. Like, Probably. I mean, whatever, you know, that's fine. It was fun, but it was just like, yeah. oh, dude, I got to break. <laughs> it's, it's also wild how in jujitsu you, um, the more you know, the less energy you expend. And I don't know if yeah. that's, if it's just um, you're more patient, you're less nervy, like obviously the yeah. nerves or, or what it is, but I know like the longer I've been doing it and the more times I've rolled, far less energy. And I didn't realize, so when, when new guys come in after you've been doing it a while and they're spazzing out and they're doing all that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you can tell, yeah. Yeah, and then you're like, fuck, that used to be me. That's what I was <laughs> doing. Whereas um, the longer you've been going and you try to tell the new guys, relax, man. Cause you won't last. Like, there's no way you'd go like the 20 minutes you went. You know, you. Yeah, can, yeah. It's weird how you could kind of see things. I things slow that, down. I had that same realization when I did wrestling. My first year, I just go 100 after minute. <gasps> yeah. Three, three, four years in, I was like, oh man, I can do this forever. Like, not forever, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A, and that's another thing that experience builds. That's what I like about so. And that's where jujitsu and powerlifting is funny that you're in this and why like I'm gravitating towards it as well. But jujitsu and powerlifting, they're kind of opposites in that um, with jujitsu, the longer you do it, it's far more mental in what you know and strategizing. And powerlifting mm-hmm. obviously is just such an explosive. A lift lasts one second, very much <laughs> physical. You know, you can't you can't bait a guy in. I mean, there's handling involved in terms of that, but it's a whole different ball game. Like, and I think that's why I like jujitsu is you could do it forever and never learn at all. Like in terms of human happiness, I strongly believe as long as you're learning and improving, you you, you feel gratification from it. I love getting better at something and um, powerlifting at the top. Like when you're at the top end of your, your potential, the gains get slow. Some meets you even might roll back a little bit. Um, and in terms of knowing a million different facets of squatting, you might be able to improve small little incremental things, but they're small incremental things. Whereas yeah. jujitsu, it's like, it's so overwhelming because there's so much to it. And there's, it's overwhelming, but at the same time, it's like, oh man, I could do this forever. This is, this yeah. is like, you know, you can get really lost in that rabbit hole. Which yeah. you're quite gratifying. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, powerlifting, you learn new techniques or learn new, uh, non-techniques, but 
training strategies and that sort of thing. But yeah, the endless, I mean, fighting is like one of those things that you can never run at all. You need any form of fighting. I mean, I'm at a point now where I'm trying to learn a little bit of wrestling, trying to get used to that. I'm pretty good on my feet, but I don't have a lot of the, you know, I didn't, I don't have a lot of the wrestling experience. So I'm getting better at that. Yeah. And that's a whole, they say that wrestling is probably rougher on your body than anything when it comes to that kind of thing. Like I had one of the coaches is, was a pro MMA fighter for 10 years. He fought pro MMA and he said MMA was kinder on his body than wrestling was. And he was like a national level wrestler. Wrestling was kinder on his body. Interesting. in training, if you're training properly for MMA, you're not getting knocked the fuck out. So mm. keep that in mind. Right. The fights, you could get knocked out. That's kind of different. Yeah. The training itself, like I had a buddy who, um, he was a national level, or he's a national champion Greco-Roman wrestler, and uh, mm. they were twins. And um, both of them were like national level wrestlers, both these twins. Tough bastards, man. Like the type of dude, and they were like tough dudes where... If you got in high school, you knew, like, if you got in a fight with one, the other one's coming around the corner, too. Like, those those type of dudes, um, tough, tough dudes that you like, they're both... I remember a story, they said, the brother came home crying, they're like, my dad, they're like, what happened? I got beat up, you know, uh, and, and the dad immediately turned to the other brother and said, where were you? He's like, I was there. And he's like, you were there. And then whooped his ass. And he's like, what the shit? He's like... Then why did your brother get beat up when it's two of you? And right, like that's the type of bit. They're like, you don't come. On. That's it. One of you scraps, the other one scraps. Um, but they were tough dudes. And the one brother, he had a, he was throwing a guy much bigger than him. They were smaller-ish dudes, but buck seventy jacked up. And as he has them in the air, they hit the ground. And the one brother, he laid it on his shoulder, and they kept rolling. So the shoulder was pinned. But the bodies kept rolling, and that shoulder popped out. And, uh, like, every ligament, everything that was attached was not attached after that. Like, they rolled, (laughs) like, this this dude rolled on him like a toboggan down the hill. That's what he he described it. Like, they rolled through the mat. So, the pain was incredible. Um, And then he started taking, like, painkillers. And... um, that's all she wrote. That was a rap for him. Like for, I'm not dropping any names here, but he, um, it's been a struggle the rest of his life with that, like painkillers and shit like that. Like, uh, yeah. like, it, like it, it is brutal what wrestling could do to your body. Whereas, yeah, you're just yeah. more kinder. I feel like I'm getting kind of too old for that too, man. Like too old for the wrestling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I like what I, you know, I, I like rolling in the gi because it's like I'm not, I don't hurt as much when I leave practice and, and, uh, does it slow it down? So I, I do know gi, but I'm told because a gi is basically handles all over your body. They say so because mm-hmm. there's so many because yeah. there's so many handles, um, it slows the action down because like they're, it, you're just constantly getting grabbed. Whereas it no, does, yeah, yeah, and whereas no gi, no handles at all. You're just constantly scrambling, scramble, scramble. That's what it is. That's that's kind of what it is. Yeah, I mean it. it it's harder to scramble when you you know we especially for the higher belt rolling with the lower belts. They grab handles. They know where to grab. They, you know, it's harder to scramble out of stuff, and and you're not moving as fast, you know. Yeah. So it's built more. Yeah. Um, do you ever see that Gordon Ryan made a post? He's like, jujitsu with a gi is a lot like sex with a condom. Nowhere near as fun, and you rarely get a finish. 
It's kind of true, but he's also like 23. Yeah, you know, what is he, 22 oh, or something? Shit. 23. He's a fucking. He'll, he'll get to a point where he, he'll want to wear the gear. Yeah, <laughs> let's slow it down. Let's slow it down a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm actually better at rolling no gear, honestly. I'm, because I can use my extreme athleticism against everybody, but but just ensure like, when I leave, you know, when you're powerlifting, when you're doing this, when you're powerlifting and when you're doing that at the same time, it's like my elbow hurts sometimes. You know? Yeah. Like some days, like if I squat the day before and then I and then I roll the next day or practice the next day on nogi day, my you know my elbow's killing me by the time I get done with it. Have you gotten like injuries? Like I've been caught in arm bars and had that shit popped at the elbow, separated. Like I've been I've been mangled and and often a big one also with wrestling and jujitsu is the neck and back because people hang on your neck. Sometimes you yeah. Can, um, I have to watch that, yeah. I have to watch that really close, actually. Um, but I guess you know, last year I had a I had that neck injury, but it wasn't from jitsu, it was from bench pressing. Actually, it wasn't bench pressing. I was holding weight in my hand. I guess to explain this, people that don't know, I was holding, I was doing uh, slingshot bench presses. I was holding 400 pounds. I got 400 pounds, and the bar that I use in my garage is real it, bent, real bad. Oh yeah, so well, yes, it is famous. At this point, it's like yeah, a, it's it like doesn't roll at all. <laughs> yeah. It's like so, a duffel in the bar. I, I was holding the yeah, so I so I was sliding, trying to slide the bar down on my pegs. I got real long pegs, and uh, I was trying to slide the bar down to the end of the pegs, and uh, I was using my head and my you know my upper back to try to pick the bar up. I was too lazy to get up, get my ass up off the bench and go <laughs> just slide it down. So I just doing that. I was like, ah, this is only one pound. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, <clears throat> I felt something in my neck. I, you know, something tweak in my neck. And I, and I didn't think much about it. I'd done it before. And uh, got up. I was like, oh, that's gonna hurt in the morning, you know. And uh, sure enough, it, it hurt pretty bad in the morning. But it, like I say, it happened before. And then I went rolled on all the next week. And then I. Hit open mess that next Saturday. This was a Friday night where I did it in, the, in, in my garage, and then that next Saturday, Saturday after that, I uh, um, it went like, and then it caused a bunch of weakness in my tricep. I couldn't even, I better bench 135, you know. <clears throat> it took forever to heal back. It's uh, you, like neck injuries and back injuries, um, like they're they it's weird how they work because there's so many nerves, right. And I don't know if, like, most people probably know, like, guys like Kurt Angle, who does WWE, but he's also a gold medalist in wrestling. And he right. has a severe neck injury. And a lot of guys with neck injuries, they it's weird because of the muscles. Some of the, uh, or the nerves, sorry, some of the muscles in the arms and everything get affected. So, A, you could get loss of strength in, in your limbs that have art, like, in your neck necessarily, but right down to your fingers and stuff, weird things. Like, oh, wow, I don't have... I, I feel like my fingers go numb every now and then to other points where their like biceps start atrophying down to like, there's a picture of Kurt Angle with his arms up in a victory pose. The guy's got fucking arms like pipe cleaners, but his neck is this thick and he's huge. And that's from, yeah. that's from a neck injury. Like it's, yeah. that's the scariest part of like wrestling and, and whatnot and jujitsu, whatever is um, like, there's no strikes to the head, which is good, but the neck injuries involved and, and back injuries even if you tweak it weightlifting, 
but then further aggravated afterwards because it never gets rested. Now it's tweaked, and now the fellas are hanging off your tweaked neck, and you're like, God damn it. And they're like throwing, you know, whatever, whether it's a guillotine or triangles or whatever, on a tweaked neck, and that's when you're like, oh, it becomes a tough balance, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, um, I... I I'm still I'm still paranoid about it when I roll and then you know and then usually I don't got confirmation that it's fine when I start lifting weights again. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, if it, if I have any pain at all, I stop. I'm like I'm gonna stop rolling yeah. Yeah. for for a few weeks, you know. And uh, like I said, I haven't I have never tweaked my neck rolling. I did it. I've done it in the gym doing something stupid like I was doing, and then I and then I would roll on, and then that's just not good. Do you, do you think in that bar, that barbell you're talking about is now famous? Is that bad boy ever going to get retired? That's like an old battleship that is, that is like coming at the shore, and people are like, how many more tours does this thing have? It's it's served you well. <laughs> like I'm sure Nico's got to be watching and be like, we got oh. we got to send this guy a barbell. <laughs> no, actually, I'm like. I actually use it now to to, uh, to front squat with when I front squat because it doesn't roll off my shoulders. <laughs> There's no roll on that thing. Right, so, it's not a, so then there is some use in it still. Got another hundred thousand miles on it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you, yeah, you're that guy with that old car who's like, I can keep it on the road. She's nah, 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 nah. It's like an emotional <laughs> attachment. Everybody around you's like, please stop. We're worried for you. Nah, I could get some arm curls out of that thing, though. Uh, the groove. I got a groove on it. There's always I hate to let it go, man. That's right. How long have you had that bar? I don't even know. I don't even know where I got it. <laughs> it was it like I got it at garage sale, but I can't remember. I know I've gotten a bunch of plates at, at, at garage sale before. It's, I, oh. That makes the myth even better where it's like, I don't know. I think it's like always been. <laughs> If that's possible, I just came in my garage and it was there. And then it came down from the Mount Olympus, the heavens, and here we are. World title. It's the golden, it's the golden bar. That's right. That's the myth about it. That's right. Um, so it's been a hot minute since people have seen you in the USAPL. Let's catch people up. Because um, I was telling Caffrey and some people who might have came into the game before you had left. I remember Belarus, you had won the world title, obviously. And then you dipped out and, and went over, went for some paychecks in the U.S. Open. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah. and how was that? You basically, let, let's catch up a little bit in timeline for everybody to, to, where, to where you were. So you left and did the U.S. Open. And was that like just an experiment to like look at the money was right? Let's see if we could get it. And you had some goals, too. I think you wanted some records over there as well. Yeah, so I honestly thought maybe you know um, I could possibly I could possibly win um, win the whole thing because I, I knew what numbers I was capable of putting up with the with the knee wraps and um, you know I put together the year before that I didn't think I could so I, I actually thought about doing it the year before that dropped out of it because I kind of put some numbers together and realized okay I'm not gonna but this year I, I thought. Okay, you know, I could possibly put together something and, and you know, at least podium, you know, the top three overall. Um, I, 
I've got a sheet somewhere where I've done all these hypothetical numbers. You know, there are several of the top guys. And I was kind of right in the mix, I thought. I thought Yuri Belkin would probably take first, you know. But I remember putting up seconds kind of anybody's game, I think, second and third overall. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was worth it. You know, I'm pretty good at telling, you know, I don't just go jump ship just because something's popular. I'm like, if I have a real chance of winning, I'm going to try to go win it, you know. And the money was right. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's like 40 grand for the winner. 41 grand or whatever for the winner. Yeah. 11 for the second place. I was like, man, that's a lot, you know. I mean, that's probably worth, you know, taking a year off the IPF and trying to win it, you know. Yeah. And how did you feel using wraps? Because a couple people tinker with it. Like, I remember, like, John Hack said he can't do wraps. He started doing wraps, massive quad injuries. Brennan Allen also quad injuries from using wraps. I mean, the list goes on. I think Larry Wheels also was like, I don't know if I can hang with the wraps anymore. Like, there, some people can do it, but when you have, when you wrap a leg to the point where it can't bend, and it, that's how much wrap you use, oh, but by the way, we're going to load your back so much, it has to fucking bend. So you, yeah. you, you force a wrapped leg that can't bend to bend all the muscles around it. Yeah, you might squat a little more, but it's one of those, some people may never get injured from it, but it's not natural at all. Um, yeah. How did you find that? Were you like, ah, I'm not sure I want to keep doing this. Oh, I love wraps. I love wraps. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually started in wraps when I first started powerlifting. Mm. Um, so I've got, you know, it, it's pretty natural for me to come back to it. it it's a little bit harder to get depth in them, but um, just because they're so restrictive. And, but, but yeah, I, I, to, to me, it's really easy to, it's easy to pick back up. Mm. You know. Uh, as soon as I started training them again, I just I basically just bumped my number, my training number to fifty pounds, and said, "Okay, you know, just got used to the weight, got used to being under the weight again." And how, I like it. How does how about that deadlift bar? How much did that actually increase your deadlift? Oh, I love the deadlift bar, really? and I, I give anything if we could use the deadlift bar in the IPS. Yeah. I, I get probably twenty to thirty pounds out of it. Because some, and some people probably get more. Yeah. Some people get a hell of a lot more, and I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's conventional, the sumo, who gets more of a deadlift bar, but that's slack. Some people are, are masters of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it comes natural to me. I mean, it, that's another thing. It's just, you know, the deadlift bar gets skinnier, so it's easier to hang on to. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I wish we could use that bar. It'd be more impressive. The numbers are more impressive, too, to be able to deadlift more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate that illegal bar. It, dude, it is. It, so it, it's such a shocker. Even if someone uses like a normal um, gym bar, that isn't like it's it's stiff. It's not a deadlift bar, but it's not yeah. illegal. A has like zero budge. You go to pull a slack lot out of it, and it's like trying to pick up a truck. Like that thing's got yeah. nothing to it. And that rattles some people. When you hit the platform, you're like, "Oh, this doesn't feel the same." No, it's not. <laughs> it's not going to feel the same. Yeah. Well, it, and funny because. Most of the not ninety five percent of the time I, I never train on on a deadlift bar, but when I go to it, it's like it's like a Cadillac. You know? like, man, this is so nice. To on it's like your dad tossing the keys to the Cadillac. You're like, Sorry, yeah, take for, take for a spin. You're like, oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, and when you when you were gone in the US in uh, USPA, 
Um, were you you were pay, were you paying attention to the IPF, watching and seeing what the other fellows were hitting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was you know I watched to, uh, Worlds twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, I planned on coming back, especially after the U.S. Open. When, when I when I finished the U.S. Open, I was like, okay, I, I'm I think I'm gonna. Well, actually, it was after after the U.S. Open, I decided to come back to the U.S. APO. Um, and then I went and did Josh Warren's meet in uh, Georgia. Um, I'm still super heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I went and did his, did his meet. And then after that, after that meet, I decided, okay, I'm going to cut down and get back to 120. You totaled 1,000 kilo. Totaled 1,000 at that meet, yeah. Yeah. I felt terrible, man. I was, I was, um, my flight had got in. Like, I finally got to the hotel. That meet, I got to the hotel at like 3 in the morning. And basically, I didn't sleep. I just stayed up. And, um, um, got up at like six, got around at six. Yeah. And, uh, went and did his meet. And, yeah, I, I felt terrible. But still did a thousand kilos. You're the yeah, one. I still did a thousand, but I wanted to do, I, I wanted to do what I did at the US Open, except for without the D-Rap. You know? Yeah. I was wanting to hit over, I was wanting to hit over 900 and bench 584 again, but I just, that day I didn't have it. You were, but you were still on record the latest man to ever hit a thousand kilos. Is that right? That day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's a yeah. huge milestone. And um, looking at that, so when you were gone, um, Canada hosted the World Championships, and we got our first Open World Champion in the Classic Division with Eric Willis. So wasn't mad about that. Um, I yeah, remember, I think yeah, yeah. Posted. Thank you. Dennis. Yeah, I was happy to see him. But um, so that was that was good for Canada. Uh, Tony Cliff, veteran of the game, uh, picked up in 2018. He had a great performance um, as well. And so you're you're kind of on the sidelines thinking, man, can't wait to get back because now it just got announced, SBD's Invitational. Um, yeah. The money that was in the U.S. Open, now IPF is starting to pay the lifters. And yeah. uh, you were coming yeah. back before that was announced anyways, but how much sweeter is it knowing, oh, damn. We can actually make yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it sucks because I wish I would have known before I went, you know, that this was going to come up. <laughs> because I probably would have never left, you know. I mean, yeah. if I would have known, I don't know. I mean, I, I say that, but you know, if I if I would have known that this meet was coming up, I probably would have stayed in the IPF. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a level playing field, you know. You, the U.S. Open, it's obviously not. You know? No, sir. So I think me and uh, no, Ashton sir. Rascal were the only two drug free lifters there. Uh, I think so, <laughs> so, sir. Yeah. I think I so. Can't, I can't think of it, whoever. I don't know of anybody else that was doing it that was, that was drug free. Um, uh, yeah, I think Hack, the first one he was, and then he said, I think he came to the same realization as you and said, look, if I'm going to stay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can't be natty anymore. Um, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're at a crossroads, like, at some point, you're, uh, um, if you're going to stay in that world, you need to, you either need to start taking steroids or yeah. get out, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, I've been invited to, I, you know, I was invited to big dogs after that. I probably could have done all right, but um, without taking, you know, without taking drugs, it's just kind of not, there's no point, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, yeah, I'm going to, you but, know. But this, this SVD Invitational, um, I mean, the money is actually bigger than the U.S. Open. Um, yeah, I'm told, and, and they haven't said um, exactly how the money's going to break out. They haven't said who's getting what, but I'm told world records will get paid out um, more than likely. How much? Not sure. 
but likely world records, likely, you know, um, obviously winners, one, two, and three. What the payout is for one, two, and three, not sure. But yeah. um, the IPF points, I don't think they're going to super favor you in the 120s. Uh, no, let's not go back at points. I mean, uh, it, it doesn't favor me. It just definitely doesn't favor Ray. No, so look at the numbers. And, but, no, yeah, sir. it doesn't favor him at all. No, sir. Um, yeah. But there is a chance, obviously, for like world records and such. And here's another thing you're probably looking back and be like, God, did, why did I have to go so hard earlier in my career? I could have been smashing these world records for money now. <laughs> right. Yeah, you right. Have... I mean, you do. You kind of look at it like, man, you know, if I would have known this was coming up, <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would have done things differently. You know? I would have dragged my feet a little bit so I could break the world records for money over and over. It's it's funny how, um, like in Olympic weightlifting, and this might change the dynamics a little bit of powerlifting, in Olympic weightlifting anyways, a lot of nations would pay for, um, like if you break a world record. Like I remember Razazadeh, who was the Iranian Hercules and he's like one of the greatest Olympic lifters of all time. And he would keep breaking his, there's only two lifts in, in Olympic lifting, clean and jerk yeah. and snatch, and then obviously the total. And he would break his records by like half a kilo every time. And people are like, dude, you are, you could do more than that. But he's like, why would I do that when I get money yeah. every time I break a record? You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. So if you, at some point it becomes a payoff, you know? Yes, man. You're like, look at if I people are like, I think you had another ten kilo in you. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's why yeah. I did half a kilo. So I'm setting myself up for for the future, right? I'm gonna keep yeah. breaking this. But um, yeah, <clears throat> it will be a bit of a game changer in terms of that. Yeah, um, I, I hope the you know I don't know how they're gonna do it. But I, I, I kind of hope they don't put as much emphasis on that IPF score. I, I think. You know, talking about the IPS score a little bit, I think it's, I thought Wilkes was more accurate. I don't know, you know, it seems like all the weight classes had a little bit more of a chance. Um, you know, I mean, I was just looking at hypothetical numbers from different weight classes when I was doing the Wilkes versus the, this this new formula. And it's not, the new formula for, for me, and especially Ray, it's like completely unrealistic. I mean, oh, you so like at the US Open, for instance, at the US Open, I, I told 2292. I, you know, a couple of months ago, I was looking at whoever the first place guy was, wanted Taylor Atwood or something. But yeah. I was looking at what my total would have to be, and it actually came out to 2292. But when I told that, I weighed 287 and I was wearing knee wraps and using a deadlift bar, you know, and yeah. it's just like, that's not, I don't know how realistic that is at 120. What, what's what's 2292 in kilos? Uh, 1040. Oh, damn. Yeah, so I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, okay. For instance, Larry Wills told that too. We got the same total, you know, and and he <clears throat> he's obviously not a natural lifter. No, you, don't <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just how realistic is this? Yeah, yeah. No, if you gotta be real, Larry Wills, if if you gotta be that to win, oh my god, that guy's out of a comic book. Like, I yeah, just, that guy's not like totally unreal. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it's like I don't know, I I just. I don't think they did the road test on this, you know. I'm a, I'm an engineer, and like you, you know, you design something on paper, and then you do a road test. It's yeah. like you work, you know, when the rubber meets the road, it's like, is this going to work? Is this if we run this number, you know, if you, if, I think maybe people they should have done some meets and like figured out what people were and what they would have to get to win, and mm-hmm. like tried this out for a year or so before they actually implemented. It. I don't know. It just seemed kind of. 
And this is the yeah. formula. Same people lifting like same numbers, nothing literally changed in terms of application, but because of a formula, it switched from Ray being the king to Taylor Atwood is now the king of powerlifting. And yeah. the numbers are the same, individuals are the same, the only thing that changed is perspective. Yeah. Is it oh, yeah. how perspective changes everything in terms of our reality? Now Taylor Atwood is the man. I mean, Taylor Atwood's the man regardless. Like, they're both, you know, champions in their own right regardless. But it is crazy how a little perspective changed with the calculator. And we just saw, like, there you go. Everything changes yeah. overnight. Yeah, it just, yeah. And I'm doing the math on my weight class. I, have, I do have to total, I have to total right at 2290 to, to beat. And what's that in kilos? What's that in commie units? That's, that's the 1,040. 1,040. 1,040. And you, you, you how, how realistic is that? You hit 1,000. And you didn't sleep. You were, and you know, for that competition, you were heavy, but you weren't super heavy. Like, how no. heavy were you? You were like two seventy five ish. That's a lot, man. I mean, that's you know, um, I, right now, you know, I, I, <clears throat> when I hit that number, I had a really good day. Um, I don't know, man. I, I I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's a that's a great well okay the all time two seventy five record. At 10 pounds heavier is 2275. So it's more than that. Yeah. So, you know, so I mean, just kind of weird. It is, it is. I know what you mean. Like when I hear, like when I hear you, to- like, yeah, that's ridiculous in terms of you totaling that. When I hear you total a thousand kilos, 40 more percentage wise is almost, it's not crazy. But when you're at your top end and you had like an amazing day and you were heavier, you know, not crazy heavy, but you're heavier nonetheless. Where do those forty kilos come from? When you're at the top end, like forty kilos, like when, when you when when someone a lot smaller and you think, well, forty on top of a thousand is like a drop in the bucket. But then it's like, yeah, well, where are those forty kilos coming from? You're gonna put twenty kilos on my squat, my friend. That squat was top end. You're gonna put, you know, how many? Where are these kilos yeah. coming from? Then when you start actually thinking about it like that, and you know, when you watch powerlifting, a twenty kilo jump on a dead or a squat could be all she wrote. That could be a wrap. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Having having said that, looking at these numbers, and obviously you've seen in the U.S. Uh, Raw Nationals, like race race total went down. We anticipate this total will come back up. Um, but you're able, oh yeah yeah, like we uh, we anticipate that. But you were able to out total them, and um, you would in in your heart of hearts, just like every like I'm a huge obviously I'm a big MMA fan, jujitsu, boxing fan. Like we talked about, I read a lot of autobiographies and. Uh, Guys like Jake LaMotta, you know, like the Raging Bull, they like mm-hmm. were famous. And they said, uh, like you interviewed, they, these guys in interviews, like middleweight champions and whatnot, said, you know, I love that I became a world champion, but the dream, every little kid dreams of becoming the, the heavyweight champion of the world. You know, just because you're the baddest man in the world type deal. And uh, when, you're the, when you're the heavyweight king, you're the top of the food chain. And previously... Um, on the podcast we did, like, man, it's probably going back a few years. Because this was before Belarus, so we went back. Um, you had talked about how you had thought about, at some point, maybe making a run at the 120 plus, or how cool it would be just to make a run. Just to see, just to see, because that dream of being, like, the top at the food chain. Now, in a, in a, at the USA Raw Nationals, you had the biggest total. So, so that there's that. That's a huge caveat. Like, like when Brent Gibbs out-totaled the weight class above him in Calgary and whatnot, it's it's a great accomplishment, right? Yeah, I, it was. I had a crap need to be honest with you. I had an okay squad, but the rest of it was just kind of. 
You, you yeah. did better than an okay squat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was okay. You know, um, I really went to 400 kilo and the thousand kilo total, but I mean, it, it really, I didn't have that good of a meat. You know, yeah. I'm still dealing with back back problems and and uh, so <laughs> I kind of took it easy on the deadlift and and my bench was down. It, I actually overtrained it a few weeks ago and it, it kind of tapered back off by the time I did this meet. You know, it's what it is. Do you feel? Do you think at some point, um, like obviously going through, you you it was nice to collect that 120 kilo. Uh, world championship again, go to SPD Invitational. But did you do you ever at, tell yourself like, look at I? Would you ever want to make a run at the 120 plus just to see? Because here's the beautiful thing about sports, and, and it's true in powerlifting. We see over and over again. Any given day, you never know who could win. Jez Webber, mm-hmm. who continuously was losing previously, I say losing when we're talking second place in world championships. Not really losing, maybe a harsh word to use, but. Continuously wasn't world champion. Now he's the world champion walking around. And on any, yeah. any given day, you saw at Raw Nationals, you you would be uh, also could could pull off the same and be the heavyweight world champion. Do you ever lay in bed at night thinking, shit, man, I could be the heavyweight world champion. I could be the champion of the world in the heavyweight class. Like, do you ever do you ever get tempted of maybe making a run before it's all out, before the numbers start sliding back down, or are you thinking? I'm gonna stay 120, and if I ever hit a total good enough to win overall, that's that that's good enough. Well, I, I've kind of, you know, I kind of want to hit that thousand, and then and then maybe move up. Mm. You know, um, I, I don't I don't like the 120 kilo class because it's it's hard for me to cut. You know, I'm just a little. I wouldn't say I'm big for it because like Tony Cliffs is bigger than I am. You know, some of these guys are big. Yeah, some of these guys are bigger than me, and I don't know how he stays at 120 comfortably, but. It's it's hard for me to stay there, but it, you know the other thing too is I don't like walking around almost three hundred either. It's just I feel like I feel terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> How tall are you? You're like five ten. Five ten. Yeah, five, five ten. ten. Right. Um, a real five ten. <laughs> yeah, you're real five. Yeah, not a build like WWE build five ten like some people do. Because um, yeah. when I when we met in Belarus. Um, we were like roughly kind of the same height, but you had some mad size on me. But uh, you're like my doppelganger if I don't shave. And, and <laughs> 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 but I took that picture. But yeah, Tony Cliff. To your point, Tony Cliff is a fucking monster, huge man. When when we yeah. was, when he was walking around, I got a picture with him. Dude is like looks like he's a foot taller than me. He's pretty lean, but he's built like a superhero as well. Um, yeah, he just—he looks like a linebacker. I mean, but when I saw him, I was like, man, I got to play linebacker somewhere. <laughs> He's that, a big guy. That is so American of you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I'm like, I wonder what kind of position he could play. You know, that's right. That is so American. He wouldn't even know what linebacker was. He'd be like, come again? Yeah. Like, what sport is this? But, um, <clears throat> no, I get what you mean where, yeah, if, if you were going to make a run at 120+, plus, it'd have to be a short one. Because you don't want to be mobbing around at 300 pounds. And 300 pounds is puny for a 120 plus. Right. It's, yeah. It, I mean, I'm on the very, very, the widest end of the scale, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it, I, it would be fun because I don't, I wouldn't have to worry about cutting weight. I wouldn't have to worry about any of that. Um, you know, you just walk into the weight class and just do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's definitely not out of, out of the cards, you know? Especially if they put a lot of emphasis on the on the uh, IPF points, because 
I mean, I have no doubt I could move up to super heavyweight and beat Ray Williams on the on the IPF points. I mean, oh yeah, that's true. Oh, not, no, no other reason than the way it's designed. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, true. I, I wouldn't know that totally, but but the you know, it'd just be more fun to not go to a meet and cut, have to cut weight and constantly be thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in terms of like, uh, because you know, like one twenty plus, you wouldn't have to cut weight. How much weight do you have to cut when you go into one twenty? Actually, this time I didn't even have to really cut at all. Um, I drank a gallon of water a day up leading up to the meet and was able to wake up, well, you know, cut a few pounds under. And then so I was able to eat a full breakfast and mm-hmm. even hydrate just a little bit before the meet. Mm-hmm. But, um, but now, I mean, before, you know, I remember cutting 18 pounds, like 15 or 18, <clears throat> something like that, when I went to Raw Nationals in 2017. Oh, and, yeah, it was a lot. I was a lot bigger, um, but uh, it, it was it was a terrible weight cut, you know. Um, it, I remember having to, uh, I, yeah, I was like fifteen. It was fifteen to eighteen, something like that. I'd have to go back and look, see what I actually what I actually had written down. It was a lot. Sitting in the hot tub for like one hundred forty minutes and oh man, <laughs> like that. Yeah, you. yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, and did that greatly impact your performance too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, um, you know, as a matter of fact, that was like, I did that, then I dropped out of Worlds and, um, and did the U.S. Open and actually I did a meet, I did the LA Fit Expo. Uh, no, actually I did a meet in Oklahoma where I squatted the 903 at 275. I weighed probably 285 when I did it. I was able to weigh in the night before it was a USPA meet. Yeah, and uh, I mean, ten pounds. If I could compete at two seventy five, even with a two hour weigh in, it makes a huge difference to my strength level. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's kind of like it kind of sucks. I hate this weight class. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest, you know. The weight classes in the IPF is like so they're so huge. The difference between like eighty three kilo and ninety three kilo that's twenty two pounds. That you, yeah, it's almost like like think about how history would be changed. If um, literally just because of the weight classes, like you have to a twenty-two pound gap at that body weight when you're floating around two hundred pounds, that is massive. That's not small. That's not well. I'll throw on a few pounds. No, you got to change your whole body's configuration. Or well, yeah. if you drop a few pounds. No, you got to drop like a. You're a different human being. It's almost you almost have to be lucky walking around naturally being within a short water cut of your weight class, you end up at the top of it. You can, yeah, you do. You can completely rewrite powerlifting history if I change the weight classes on you. Like, it's... And, I mean, uh, like, think of 22 pounds, and that's just that one weight class. The difference between 10... Or, sorry, 93 to 105s. And we're talking bigger and bigger gaps. It's It could be history-changing, man. And, and mm. you just, some people are just luck of the draw. Well, that's my optimum body weight when I'm at the top of this weight class but you're going to kick the shit out of a lot of people who are going to struggle and some people like yourself in spite of struggling to make the weight class can make it happen but some people who are just a little too big or a little too small and people like I don't want to hear those excuses but this is fact man we all have optimal body we all have optimal body that's science man you know the optimal the optimal size for me as far as concerns is 285 that's like a perfect weight for me 
you know, I'm squatting over nine, I'm bench pressing close to six, you know, my deadlift, it's about the same, but, but, but ultimately it is like, I mean, that's the perfect weight for me. If I can come in weighing 285, I remember when I did that meet in, in, uh, uh, Lawton, Oklahoma, I weighed, I, I weighed in the night before I cut five pounds to make 275. The next day I weighed 285. Hmm. When I squatted, when I squatted over nine and I was, you know, uh, and then same thing at the LA Fit Expo, I weighed around 285, <clears throat> squatted 909, um, 589, and uh, I forgot what I deadlifted. It was mid, mid to high seven, mid, mid seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the US Open, the US Open, I weighed 282. I didn't even try to cut anything. Mm-hmm. Weighed 282 and squatted 953 with ease. I mean, it was, I could have doubled it. Mm-hmm. 584, I could have doubled that weight. It was like a second. I was surprised at how easy it was. And even my deadlift was like, I almost locked out. I locked out 788 and slipped out of my hand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would love to compete at 285. If I could do that, you know, I would never have to cut. My strength is, you know, huge difference in strength levels and everything. It's, it's a, and now you can see too why the US, um, USPA would be a little enticing at the time when you're like, okay, you guys got money. Um, I'm going to be at my best because your weight class perfectly fits 24 hour weigh-ins. Your weight class is mm-hmm. 275. Oh yeah. You can hydrate. I go, you know, I, I remember before that meet, I went and drank, uh, I mean, I went and ate a big bowl of pasta and drank a beer the night before, you know, it was just so much better. <laughs> <laughs> that opens it up. The only problem is, so that checked all the boxes in terms of like the weight class on point, 24 hour weigh-in, amazing deadlift bar. You love you like raps. Oh yeah. The money was right. The only problem was it's untested. In his it's opinion, untested. That one problem. That, that's a big. That's problem. I'm always. I feel like I'm always between a rock and a hard place. I'm like I hate this weight class over here on the non-test side. I need to go over here. I mean the, on the tested side. I need to go over the non-test side. I mean I got to go competing as dudes with dudes on drugs. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. It's tough. Yeah. And, and the thing with the USPA. So sometimes I get messages saying, "How come you don't cover like?" Um, USPA tested nationals or tested worlds, etc. And I'm like, my man, there is like who who lives there? And I mean, no no disrespect to these people, but there is no big showdown. It's not the best in the world tested is IPF. Like it's almost yeah. you know, there's there's no like there's some I'm sure there's some good lifters here and there. But when we're talking showdowns, when we're talking like the battles and whatnot, they're all under the IPF banner. Even in terms yeah. of the, even in terms of the untested, if we're talking, I think IPL is the world. Well, I know IPL is the world fed for the USPA. But even in the untested, um, powerlifters in the untested don't go to the world championships. Like it's not like the IPF where yeah, everyone's yeah. there. They're spread. They're they're not even US Open anymore. They're like a lot of them not going to that anymore. It's like you can't get people to show up on the same day to compete in a lot of these other federations. So when people ask me, how come you don't, like they watch the U.S. Raw Nationals and I'm putting out, if you win, I put out, you know, just one post saying, Dennis Cornelius takes the 120 and it's a cool picture of you, whatever. And people are like, shit, man, every weight class you get your own post. I'm dropping highlights of the top fives and, and I'm doing preview shows, recap shows and interviewing guys going in and out of the championships and people are like, shit, man, you are all over the USAPL Raw Nationals. How come you don't give that kind of love to the other federations? And it's like, 
you guys don't are all under if it's the untested or tested. You're not all under the same banner. Yes, yeah, it's all splintered up. It's splintered. The untested side, yeah. And, and um, in terms of uh, like, I had some people saying, look, we have a guy who in the untested division, he'd be the Taylor Atwood version of the um, untested division, and uh, and he's a phenomenal lifter. Um, and well, he, he's not getting nearly as much exposure. And at this next upcoming competition, he's likely to break some records. And I'm like, that's good. But Jennifer Milliken posted a, a, a poll saying, where are you more interested in, records or showdowns? A landslide showdowns. Because yeah. there's a reason why the slam dunk competition is nowhere near as popular as an actual basketball game. Right, right, right. I don't, yeah. don't want to see you or, or someone doing these NHL hockey, you know, the, the face-off challenges or whatever. No, just show me a hockey game. Uh, the sports are sports. I need everyone to show up, and it's, I don't know who's going to win. Oh, my God, this guy can win, that girl can win, whatever. And it's tightly contested. Everyone's got their mm -hmm. own background stories. They're shifting the momentum. And upset victories sometimes. You know, strange things happen. That's the beauty of it. But when it's... One dude's going to show up going for a record and no one's there. One girl's going to show up, go for some records and no one's... That's not sports. That's an exhibition of me. Right, of yeah. Me, and I'm going to watch you lift weights. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's, not, that's not a preview show. That's, no. That's not yeah. a recap show. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the closest thing we have to test aside is probably Big Dogs. You know? Big Dogs but, is um, point. Yeah, that's the only one that, that I can think of that... Now, anyway, that probably has the tightest competition between the competitors. But yeah, it's it's just not the media surrounding the non-tested side. That's the other, you know, like the U.S. Open. There's no media. I mean, there's just no media there. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it was good media. You know, and the USPA is a good federation, but there's just no media behind it. You know, and, it's and no hype behind it. They don't get that. They don't. You know. Try to steer their lifters from the national world and then the U.S. Open. I mean, you know, it'd be cool if they did, but it's, right now it doesn't happen. Yeah, if it was exactly that. If they did, look, you go through the U.S. Open, qualify for the world, <laughs> and then qualify for the U. Or sorry, go up to USPA Nationals, qualify right. for the IPL, IPL Worlds, then go to U.S. Open. If there was like that chain that's happening, mm -hmm. then Nationals is uber important, and all the best lifters from the U.S. Untested would be there. I don't think yeah. they do go there, but they would. And then the world championships. I'm like, right. I, I got messages saying, my man, you're you're all over the U.S. Raw Nationals, but the IPL World World Championships are happening right now, and I see no coverage on it. But then I'm saying, I don't like, I'm not responding to every single message, but I'm thinking in my head, yeah, but even the best in the untested aren't going to that. Like the best, yeah. the best. Where's Steffi Cohen? Where's Marie, uh, Mariana, who, who her and Steffi had a big battle? Garrett Fear and Hack are at the Raw Nationals. They're not even yeah. going to these world, quote unquote, world championships. You, you, you have to have the best in the world under one banner for me or anyone to care, right? Yeah, well, I say to those people, stop taking steroids and come to USAPL Raw Nationals. Well, like, I'm, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other enchilada because they want I know, I shouldn't. But, but even, even if they want to do their thing, because I, I do appreciate that they're in their own sandbox, uh, but I would like yeah. if they're all in the same sandbox. Like, you know right. what I mean? Where, I like the idea. Here's why I like the idea of uh, different federations because and it gives people options, but. I wish it was all drug tested, honestly. I, I just wish it was. I wish it was any kind of sport. I just wish it was drug tested. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's my opinion of it. But that better to reflect your opinion or reflect mine. Yeah, the, the only thing is, uh, I think you might get some people who are going to do shit anyways. They're like, I oh yeah, I mean, yeah. you'll never get, you'll never get rid of it. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm get, I get accused all the time. Ray gets accused all the time. I mean, it, it's just, I've, I've been accused of it all my life. You know, I mean, when I was in high, I used to get fights over this stuff. You know, yeah. um, people accusing me and it just pissed me off. And, and but. And now I realize, okay, I'm never, it's always going to be, people are always going to accuse me of it, no matter what, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's, it's, it's one of those deals, um, yeah, you'll never be able to get away from it anyways. So yeah. eventually you're just like, all right, whatever. All I can do is take the test. The thing with like powerlifting, and I like, for myself, obviously I'm an IPF lifter, but um, the fact that there is an untested pool for them to go into, I think... People are less likely, I'm saying less, we still have drug cheats all the time, but at least if you want to do that, you got a sandbox to play in. If you take, yeah. if you take away that sandbox, I think those guys and girls still want to play, so now they're just going to be a little more, whereas like I guarantee there's still going to be, there's still going to be, the people pop every year, but I think the fact that they have an avenue to go elsewhere, some people be like, you know what, um, I want to do that, I want to run whatever I want to run, but I don't want to cheat. I don't want to uh, be dishonest. I don't want to have an uneven playing field and try to go against yeah. other guys. I-, I want to go against people who are on the same idea as me, and I'm okay with that. That's not that's not the way I want to play. But if that's the way they want to play, like whatever, I- I'm okay with that. But um, that being said, with the untested, in terms of like the setup, man, they gotta like they gotta amalgamate under one banner, and it'd be a lot easier. To have these, like the depth, in terms of the U.S. Raw Nationals and the IPF World Championships, the depth of competition, what, some of these some of these weight classes, not yours, this is kind of ironic, I'm having this conversation with you, you're a runaway favorite, but some of these competitions were like 1 through 10 absolute killers, shark tanks. In, yeah. terms, in terms of the U.S. Open, I had Steffi Cohen on here uh, leading into the U.S. Open, and I was like, you know, it'd be nice if everyone's under one one weight class. Like in your within your weight class, you had people to look at. And you didn't have to use Wilkes. She ended up having Mariana, but she was like, her and Hayden, her her husband, were both saying, in the untested, you don't have that. You show up almost never. Are you looking across the platform and there's someone else in your, in your weight class? You almost all you almost always are just chasing a record because the person's not there type deal. Like they just don't. Man, that's kind of true. Yeah, I mean, I had some pretty stiff competition at the U.S. Open with. You know, Larry Wilde was in my weight class and Rob Phillips. That year was good. It, it's, 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 it's falling apart since then. If they could have kept that up, the first couple years of the U.S. Open, that's why people were hyped because they actually had mm-hmm. the big guns. Yeah, they had, yeah. they had big matchups, yeah. Um, the big guns all showed. After that, though, it's become less and less prominent, and, mm-hmm. uh, and we're kind of shifting back to where we were, where it's like, you know, in terms of the untested anyways, they're like, ah, shit. So it's... um. It's difficult, man. I, I, sports needs you need showdowns. That's that's what people. That's what we care yeah, about. Yeah, it, it, it does. Really does. You know. Go into a city. Look, I'm from Toronto, and usually our sports teams suck. And there are times when, like, go into a city when the sports team sucks and all the games suck. Nobody's showing up, even if it's your hometown. But if you, when Toronto Raptors won last year, those the, the hottest ticket in town. People are paying yeah. their fist for a ticket. Because they want to see competitiveness, you know. So that's one of the problems I'd see, and that's where, um, in terms of the IPF right now with the with the SBD Invitational, uh, now you have a clear path right to money. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, and, and I like that aspect of it. You have to go to Worlds, you have, you have to do Nationals, you have to go to Worlds, and then you have to go, yeah. you know, to qualify for that. That's kind of cool, you know? Like, you turn it, it, It's too bad that the, the U.S. Open, because it was, I mean, that was a well-done meet when it was with the USPA, and I think kind of, I don't, they went to another federation that kind of seemed like it wasn't as good last year, you know? But uh, when it was with the USPA, it was really good. I mean, it was, you know, competition was really tight, and, and um, you know they don't have like they don't have game day coaches and stuff to keep you know like the it's not as it wasn't as organized as like the USAPL for all nationals and worlds like you had a Mac and that would be, it would be nice to have Matt Garrity dude with me at the USA how good you know, is I mean, that it, it, that dude is a genius when it comes to strategizing yeah I mean <clears throat> I mean you know I pulled something stupid I was being stupid on my last lift and. and I could have won. I could have won my weight class if I would just been conservative on that last deadlift. I was, I, for some reason, I had it in my head that I was like losing or something. I didn't know. I didn't know what you know. Yeah. But it would have been nice to have him pay attention to things like that, you know. But whatever, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it's um in terms of strategizing, dudes like that don't get enough credit. Some people, like majority of people, don't even know when it comes to handling. It's like a whole other, like, and this is where I think the SPD Invitational is going to start bringing it out because it's all about like um, handling and getting as many IPF points as possible, etc. Um, the, the stiffer the competition, the more game day you're going to see because programming is one thing. You could be amazing at programming and know how to get somebody stronger. Game yeah. day is entirely different, and for a long time, people just didn't even know. Game day, how important game day was. Well, a stronger man or woman is going to win. Not always. Not always. When it yeah, comes that's to, not always the case, yeah. Man, when we had, I had Matt Gary on yesterday, and we just did the U.S. Um, recap, <clears throat> recap show. And it dropped right now, by the way. If you listen to this, it's already up. Go check it out. And Matt Gary is talking about he's handling Bryce Lewis against Ashton. And Ashton Taylor's doing great. Um, but Matt Gary's game plan in terms of like, oh, we had lot number advantage, came down to the last deadlift. I knew if I put this on the bar because of our lot number, he's not only going to have to pull to match us, he's got to go up in weight, even though he's got a lighter body weight. Yeah, do yeah. The lot number, and he overextended Ashton, purposely loading the bar, and Ashton had a phenomenal day, hadn't missed a single lift, eight for eight going into his last dead. But Matt Gary seen, checkmate, mm-hmm. young man. Yeah. young man. Guess yeah, what? You're pull now. And, and people don't like it's you when you're viewing. You don't fully appreciate. You have no idea what guys like Matt Gary are capable of. What it yeah, means yeah. it is to have a guy like him in your corner. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, you know it, he's on point with everything. You know, I mean, I mean it, it, it makes a huge difference. It makes the you know mean thousands. You know, when it comes to money. You know, yeah, well, yeah. <clears throat> huge difference. And this is where, and this is where we're going to start getting into the SPD Invitational. Um, now that money's floating around, like you know, in, in terms of handling, um, you might pay a guy X amount. Like it might be, look, I'm already there. You don't have to pay my flight. I'm already there. You don't have to pay my hotel, or maybe pay a little for my work that day. Um, powerlifting in the future, ten years from now, five years from now, whatever. Let's not go too far ahead, because uh, <clears throat> we, me and you are both around the same age too. So ten years from now, who knows where we're going to be at? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I'm uh, sure I'll be retired. <laughs> yeah, but let's say let's not look too. Let's say five years from now, um, these dudes like are they are they getting a person? If if they we know how how important handling is, 
are they getting percentages of purse money? Are they getting is like 10% average, 15% average, or like it starts becoming like that? Like like boxers and, and MMA fighters, uh, when you're on the lower level, you pay a flat rate to go to the gym fee. When you're GSD yeah. and you're like these boxers and MMA fighters, their trainers are like, hey, listen, I know you're making 10 mil. Um, you're not paying the $200 a month gym fee, my friend. If you, you know, that's out the window. Money's here now. So if you want me and I'm the best in the business, it's going to be a percentage. So you made 10 mil, guess what? I'm going to make uh, 750,000. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. when money comes in, things change. And then all of a sudden, handling becomes, you get like, there's there's 20 Matt Garys out there. They're all studying and getting better and better. That's when mm-hmm. things really start getting exciting. You think we might end up getting in that position where people are charging more and more money for handling? And... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it, 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 it's probably going to move more towards that. You know, I mean, um, but there's guys coming up that <clears throat> that I can see, you know, along with Matt Gary, that, that could be game day coaches as well. I can see Mike T doing it. I can see Joey Franzo doing it. I can see, you know, there's there's a few people that, that, that will be working alongside Matt or, or, or you know, at some point, being the new Matt Gary, you know, I don't know how long Matt's going to do it, but I mean, I don't think they're um, they're there yet. But I think at some point they will be. You know? Yeah, yeah. We we're gonna, we it like it's a funny thing about this Matt Gary. And I say this well. Look, he's a powerlifting nerd, my friend. He oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. loves he loves powerlifting. Like these young kids love the video games. He's been doing it yeah. since late eighties, early nineties type deal. Um, and he like he knows everything about everybody. He's got dossiers on everybody, man. When we were going into the world championships, and no one had seen the Italian national championships or knew about like the Italian national championships. Matt, what are you talking about? How are you perusing the internet finding these things out? He's like, well, yeah, I, he's he yeah. knows, and he's like, I found a girl in the sixty threes. I'm worried about. I'm like, <laughs> from where? He's like, in Italy. Yeah. I found her in Italy, and I know, I know, she's hit this, she's hit that. Like, Matt, what the fuck? How late did you stay up last night? And he's like, you're not getting by this guy. He's got, he's yeah. got, he's, I don't know, he's got moles everywhere, man. But uh, yeah. It, it'll, he's a good guy too. I mean, him and Sue, they're, they're they're good people. They're good to deal with too. You know, I mean, it helped me a bunch since yeah. I've crossed over into the IPF. And I mean, you know, so just dealing with them in general, I like. But you know, I like to deal with them. So, uh, dude, that picture I posted with you and Sue was absolutely hilarious. You're five ten, but you look like you're seven feet tall. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it, man. When uh, when I say the Warren, you talking about the Warren Belarus where she's standing next to me or whatever, she, and I'm turning she, around to squat. Dude, she's creeping around you like she's looking around a wall to see who's coming. Like you are the wall. She, okay. it's, it's hilarious. The one I posted when I said you won U.S. Nationals. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, she yeah. looks like she's looking around like like there's a truck in front of her and she's looking around at the see if the traffic <laughs> she's checking traffic before she steps out and you're the parked vehicle in front of her. Like she it's hilarious because she's such a smaller woman. Like yeah. um when I took a picture with Jessica Bittner and everybody's styling on me because she totally out angled the shit out of me. Um then I got Jessica Bittner's Jack. Dude, don't <laughs> ever don't ever take a picture with her. It's it's so impressive. <laughs> don't ever take a picture with her. It's very humbling. Yeah. Um but then I also got a picture with Heather Connor, and I remember posting that, and people at my work are like, God damn, man, you look like you're seven feet tall in that picture. How tall is <laughs> And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. And, and Heather Connor's like, I got you, fam. You, you get a picture with me, and I'll boost your ego. You, you, make that, you, you can make that your profile picture. 
<laughs> I look like I'm six one in that picture. I love it. Uh, yeah. She's, she's popular come picture time. Um, I want to ask you a question, actually. I was thinking about this earlier, mm-hmm. and then we're talking about a, obviously got off topic. I say off topic. It's a jujitsu question, kind of. So, But um, how does that impact your strength? Because it hits the nervous system. It takes something out of your nervous system. No, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does. I mean, it, um, so <clears throat> for Raw Nationals, I I think I stopped training two weeks out. Stopped training jujitsu two weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, and just focused on the last two weeks of my powerlifting training. I think before Worlds, I might do eight weeks, or at least six. But I'm thinking about doing a whole eight-week training cycle without the jujitsu for, for that. Just peak I'm also, what's that? I'm sorry. You, yeah, you can just peak without it. I mean, you could still do technique. Technique doesn't impact the nervous system, and you're still learning, and, and that's good, and it's, you, you know... But I'm going to do, yeah, that's a good point. That's actually probably not a bad idea, but yeah. Because um, since tearing my calf, can't roll. Like, that's out. I can't squat and deadlift that much. But um, mm-hmm. I can still do technical work over and over. I keep learning, so I don't feel like I'm that out of the loop. And the muscle, uh, the body pattern movements that you were talking about earlier, how when you're rolling and you've done something 100 times, you don't necessarily have to think about it. You don't lose that because you're still doing the movements over and over mm-hmm. and over. Yeah. So when you come back after Worlds, you won't be in fight shape, but you'll be, your body, it's it's not like totally foreign to you. You're like, oh my God, if I, you know, I'm going to constantly be losing ground. But yeah. for sure, you know, a, a couple, look, at if you do an hour of rolling, like my man from freaking France come back around and wants a 25-minute roll again, you know, <laughs> he'd be like, listen, asshole, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm tired, I got other things to do. Like, for some dudes, that's all they're doing. And they could just let yeah. you leave it on the max, bro. Leave it on the max, bro. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's probably actually, that's not a bad idea, actually. Um, just just go through the motions and and not do any actual rolling for you know maybe four weeks out or something yeah. where I'm not burning any energy and blowing my squat and bench I would you know take them out of the running so that's actually not a bad idea because I, I mean I was going pretty hard two weeks out and then two or three, two and a half weeks I think it was and then I stopped like two and a half weeks out for people who so, don't for people who don't know it's addictive man it's like a victim yeah. It's like a video game because you're you're fighting. You're full on like you can go 100 percent, and um, but you're not like uh, you don't get hurt very often. So it's and then it's like styles. How does my style match up against this guy? And then you rotate after that round. How does my style match up against that guy? And yeah. you're like you're problem solving, and you're like it's it gets addictive. You and then you leave. You slap hands. You're all boys. It's not a problem afterwards. And then I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow. And then you go about your life. So it can get incredibly addicting. So to lay off is very difficult. Yeah. And to not do it at all. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I love doing it. So it's like, it's hard for me to step away from it. Yeah. Train for, train for, you know, but I, at some point you kind of, like, first and foremost, I'm a power lifter, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say I dabble in jiu-jitsu, I train in it, but it, it's, it's secondary powerlifting right now. You know, at some point it would be primary, but, but right now it's, you know. At, at, you know. at some point, you're going to be Helio Gracie, that 75-year-old man in the room. <laughs> some 25-year-old punk kid's going to walk through the door, and you're like, okay, young man. All right, <laughs> All right young man. Uh, I challenge yeah. you. But um, I know what you mean where, uh, like, so, I mean, jiu-jitsu is one of the things you could love. And it, I, I love learning new things, getting better, problem-solving, etc. 
But how many people, and we had this conversation, Caffrey, because Caffrey broke an IPF Open world record too. How many people in the world, walking the face of the earth, can say, I'm the best at what I do in the world? The seven billion people in the world. Billion. Yeah, how many, that's a people, lot. how many people are like, I am the best at the world at what I do? That's yeah. a tough thing to walk away from. Like, that's it is. Really it is. It, 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 it's lovely. Let, uh, um, real quick, I'll let you say, Arnold, or, is it Andre Agassi? You probably remember Andre Agassi. He's another yeah. dude who looks just like me and you. He could be both of our doppelgangers because um, he's a handsome devil. Um, but uh, he talks about probably got a fucking piece on him too but he talks about um, in his autobiography after a while he grew to hate tennis his dad forced him into tennis 15 years old uh, highly you know um, hands on dad like, like was abusive and he, and he hated tennis by the end by the time he's 36 years old um, and he was like he'd been in tennis for 20 years straight the discipline and the love hate he had for tennis because his dad was like when he was a kid, he, like he turned pro at 16, he started tennis when he was like five or six. His dad said, if you hit a million balls by the time you're 16, I think you, you're ready to turn pro. And I estimated you'll do have to hit a thousand balls a day every day for X many years and then you'll be ready. So his dad forced him and he didn't want to do tennis and his dad was obsessed with tennis. And uh, so by the time he's 16, he hit a million balls and it's brutal. His dad was abusive verbally, physically, no emotional attachment to his son. Um, and if he, if he won, you're expected to win. If you lose, he got it. So by the time he's 16, he's a pro. And then by the time he's 36, 20 years in the game, his dad is long, no longer an influence on him like that. He's a grown man, rich, famous. And he's like, I could quit. I could quit. But then the realization, I'm the best in the world at this. And some yeah. people will never in their life at anything be the best in the world at something. How do you walk away? And it's it's like a weird, and that's a weird predicament to be in. That very, not, when I say very few people will ever meet that, I mean less than a percentage, obviously. And this is, you know, it's kind of weird, but you are in that position yourself. Where like you are the best in the world at what you do. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's hard. It is hard to walk, I mean, hard to walk away from it. It's like, man, it, you know, um, at some point, I realize when I have to, you know. But but right now, I just I have unfinished business, and you know, um, I, I I can't walk away from it now, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, especially after I got injured, you know, after the the U.S. Open and then when I got hurt, and and I realized like I'm not gonna be able to do this forever, you know. Like I need to capitalize on what I can right now and do it and finish it out, and then. Move on, move on when I want to move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. On your own terms, what are some of these things that you want to do before talking about it? Because you're um, look. So you're you're 39 years young. Is that right? 39. In powerlifting, that's not that old, actually. To tell you the truth, like that's yeah. Look, I mean, David Ricks was 60 60 years. The man's 175 years old. Did you know that? That's <laughs> fact. He's 175 years old. And he, I tell my dad this all the time. Do you, do you really? You're like you're trying to prep your dad to go against David Ricks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, and my dad he could, but he, he's you know he's tore himself up so bad that you yeah. know he just. But but when you see David Ricks, who in the 93 kilo class, U.S. Raw Nationals, he had the biggest squat. He was in the lead 
in a square yeah. at 60 years old. You see like, um, and that's not that's not crazy uncommon. There's tons of masters, literally people in their 40s winning world championships. Uh, Marissa Inda just won her fifth title, and I believe she's 42, 43 years old. Jen Thompson, um, you know, taking horrific injuries at 44, coming back against the deepest 63 kilo class we'd ever seen in Calgary, winning. Yeah. It's women 20 years younger. So, um, I mean, you've got years to go. You, you could still be, I mean, for sure at 39, but there is, when you start getting around middle age-ish, all right, um, you start evaluating, you start looking at things differently. You start being like, what do I want for the future? And, 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 and obviously there's other things you want to pursue as well that would be fun, like jujitsu or whatever, whatever might be on the docket for you. What are some of the things you're, you're telling yourself, look, if I got another five years in me and you could easily have another five years in you, especially like the way your pacing is still hitting what you're hitting. What are some of the things you want to check off before you're like, look, I'm ready to push out and move on to something? I'd like to hit the, the thousand at 120, the 400 at 120. Um, I'd like to get my bench record back, so I think I can do it. You know, um, those are the those are the main goals. And I would honestly, I would like to win the super heavyweight uh, title and you know go move up to the 120 pluses. But I, I'm not going to do it when Ray's there, just because it, it, as long as he's there and competing there, I'm not going to I'm not going to go go there. Mainly because of kind of teammates, mm. and you know what I mean. Like it's just it's one of those things. If he's ever out, and like if he's out of a meet, you know, um, then I might do it. I don't know yet, but but I, I would like to do that before I retired. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but I don't want to get too old. I want I kind of want to see where I can go. With you know, I mean, I've kind of got that in the back of my mind. Like, I'm going to get older in that sport a lot faster than I want to power with. So I'm kind of like cross. You know, I'm kind of like, do I want to pursue this? Do I not? You know, yeah. I mean, just <clears throat> I don't know yet. In jiu-jitsu, they do got masters as well. And when yeah. you're going to the masters, you're going to ruin some people's days because they're they're going to be some dudes in jiu-jitsu who are 40 years old and be like, oh hey, whoa, we are not in this kind of athletic abilities as this young man. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you got tons of, but, uh, like, what, do you think, like, you, would you want to go into a master's jiu-jitsu, or would you think, what do you, what do you think of that? Or are you not even totally wrapping that around your head yet? I, I, I mean, I've thought about it, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I would want to go master's and open as well at some point, you know. Um, <clears throat> but it, it's a little bit less, it's more of a secondary type of a goal right now than, yeah. than, than doing than, than the powerlifting thing, you know, but it's so much fun. I mean, it's just so, it's such a blast that like, it's one of those things like, I, I want, I really want to do, I want to quit powerlifting and do this sometimes, you know, some days I'm like that, you know, yeah. this is, it's easier on my body kind of, kind of sort of, and it's like, <clears throat> it's just, it's different, you know, but. It is, it's something about learning something new, like every flipping day. Like, yeah, and, and I'm, and I, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty decent at it too. That's the other thing. It's so it's, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like powerlifting. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, so I, I would say so. It's like, where can I, where can I take this, you know? But, yeah. but I'm so far behind. I'm so far, you know, like, I'm 39. I'm so far behind, like, you know, these young kids coming up 23 years old. Um, you know, it's it's hard to, I'm like, I, I'm kind of in my sunset years on that, in that one, you know? Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. So at 23 years old, they might check a lot of boxes that they have certain advantages on you. One thing, it doesn't matter who you go against, when you go against them, you could be 55, 
It doesn't matter. I guarantee one box you'll always have checked in your area. They got speed, they got stamina, they got whatever. As long as you keep training, knowledge is going to only increase. By the time you're 55, you're going to be a black belt for sure. We're talking like, you know, by the time you're 50, but you will never, yeah. you will never in your life go against anybody as strong as you. Period. Right. Period. And that's a how, look at, this isn't striking where guys can dance around, dance around the ring, stay away from you. In jujitsu and grappling, you got to lock up and go horns, uh, horn on horn with the, that's not the fucking term. Yeah. <laughs> but even right now, I feel like I have, I have a speed advantage over a lot of supers too. I mean, but that's what a lot, a lot of people don't know. I'm, I'm pretty fast, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I hang with my brother. He's, 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 uh, I mean, most of the people I roll with are smaller than me. I'm, I'm just as quick as that. How old so is How old is your brother? He's thirty. What is he? Thirty five. Thirty five. Dude, I love the fact that you guys are in your mid to late thirties and still scrapping it out wrestling and shit like that. Some things will never. But I could never get my brother to do jujitsu with me and, and wrestle. My brother. He, he My brother actually wrestled. He's very. He's, he's really good at it. And I actually spar with him. You know, for takedown defense against him because he really, I mean, he'll, he he eventually takes me down, yeah. but it's it, you know it's getting harder and harder for him. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, he's, he he looks like you know when you see him in my videos or something, he you know he just looks like some average guy, but people don't realize like how well he you know he, he'll take anybody down. It doesn't matter who they are. <laughs> and I've got pretty good takedown defense. I'm I'm a hundred pounds heavier than he is. Yeah. And he's still you know he's still able to take me down. At some point, you know, it's when me, me and my brother used to scrap all the time when we were kids. And then at a certain point, that's like mm-hmm. why I started lifting weights and then um, and doing things like like grappling and whatnot. And then at a certain point, my brother started feeling the tide change. He's an older brother and he's like six one. <laughs> this prick is six one. Yeah. Full head of hair. Um, but uh, at a certain point, my brother felt the tide changing and he's like, I right, that's it. I'm retiring undefeated. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> What do you mean? That's it. That's it. I don't. We're not. We're not doing this anymore. And we haven't wrestled, grappled since. Yeah. That's why. And I'm still doing it. Man. Some things will never change for me. I'm gonna always lift weights and and do some kind of scrapping stuff because like I enjoy that kind of stuff. My brother's like, no, nah, I'm done. That's it. That's yeah. why. That's why I love the fact that you guys are like grown ass men approaching middle age, and you're still like, let's go, let's go, in, let's go in the basement, throw the mats down. We're gonna go a few rounds. Um, we used to go, you know, it'd be funny because we used to go, you know, we used to go to the lake all the time and we'd get to drinking and, you know, and me and Jesse and I would, would get in a wrestling match, and, you know. <laughs> now, now we don't do that so much now. Now we're, you know, we only wrestle on the mats, but yeah. it's still funny, you know, it's like, we, yeah, we're like in our 30s over here, <laughs> some dumb, you know, a couple of dumbasses over here wrestling. Dude, you guys will be in your 60s. Sometimes it never leaves you. It's like the helio racing thing. You guys, are, let's hit, let's hit the match. Let's do this. But um, listen, my man, muchly appreciated. Had you on for an hour and a half. I got another podcast rolling, and time is not our friend as usual. But appreciate you okay. coming on. Um, I wanted to get you back as soon as you hit it. I mean, you had an outstanding performance at the U.S. Raw Nationals, biggest total in the whole tournament, which is no small feat. And, and as you say, that was like that was a rough day for you. So no, it was that wasn't a good day, man. Yeah. Until I hit twenty two hundred again, that's like, you know, <laughs> it's coming. I'm off from there. Yeah. So uh, I'm going back. That's the other thing too. Is I'm going to go back to. So I don't know why I keep convincing myself that 
convinced those bad elections can work for me. It's not never going to work. So I'm going back to Super Bowl. I'll get my bigger number. That could be a game changer. Because uh, yeah. your debt, I mean, the, the total was on point, but if you jack the debt up, because you pulled more, I mean, that could be the missing kilos. You're, you're, you're getting close to that 1,000 kilo mark for a 120. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, my biggest, so on calibrated plates, my biggest uh, pull is 782. Uh, non caliber. I pulled 800 before in the gym. Mm. And then at 120 in the IPF, I pulled 766. And I'm definitely going back to that. 766, so we're talking around 347 and a half kilo range ish. Right? Yeah, 340. Yeah, something like I think that's what it is 347 and a half. Yeah, I mean, that's a dead. And there you go. Because um, you hit three. 317.5, I believe, at U.S. Raw Nationals or somewhere around there. Yeah, that, yeah. That, I mean, that's I, all you would need then. That would tip you right into the 1,000 kilo total range, I believe. My math yeah. Point. Yeah, well, my, I'm, I'm trying to bring my bench back up too, but, but yeah, I'm definitely moving back to sumo as long as I stay injury free with it. Um, I, like I said, I, you know, I keep convincing myself that I'm going to be better conventional. I thought I was going to go into strongman for a while, so I started trying to practice conventional, mm-hmm. doing meets with that. Um, actually, Worlds in 2017 in Belarus was the first time I ever pulled conventional on a meet. So, um, but it just, it's never been, it's never been on par with my sumo. So I'm going to go back to that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you can't do everything in terms of like jujitsu, powerlifting, strongman. It's yeah, coming. no, I'm going to stay away. From, I'm just not big enough and I'm going to stay away from that. Yeah. Sure. That, that is, you know, you start doing that stuff and you start adding that in, it's struggling with an injury. Yeah. Pretty significant back in your reason. Yeah. Well, <laughs> man, that's how I tore my calf is doing like strongman stuff, flipping cars. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, unless you're, unless you're going to get jacked and, and you know, that's another one of those deals. Unless you, you know, I'm not, I'm only 5'10", you know, I mean, I know there's other guys that are 5'10 that are, that are pretty high level, but the other thing too is you, you need to add the drugs in. I mean, let's just be realistic, you know, you got to add that in if you're going to, you got you to be 350 plus to, to, and, and, and even those no. fellas, even those fellas who are ma- massive, like seven footers, who are four hundred pounds, and on whatever gear they want to be, they're constantly tearing muscles and blowing. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it, they're the guys walking around that are like, by the time they're sixty five, they can't do a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, well, of course, Mark Felix does. I mean, he does well, but yeah, and, and Nick Bass, like you see, Nick Bass, Nick, you know, Nick Bass is one of my favorite guys to watch because he's he's been doing it so long. He's he's old and he's I mean, all for the sport, you know, yeah, like yeah. 50 years old now, he's like one of the world's strongest man, you know. And I had, that, that's kind of cool. I had Nick Best on the podcast, and um, the dude is nice as hell. Like, the dude is, oh, yeah, he's yeah. a dude that sure, some, yeah. some people you look up to, you meet them, may or may not live up. You don't know what kind of ego they're yeah. around. Nick Best is, he's been in the game forever, done so many things, humble as they come. Shoot him a message, if you want to come on the podcast, sure, let me let me free up some time on the weekend. And, uh, and then, yeah, yeah. Like an hour and a half. yeah, he's probably my favorite to watch just because of just he he competes in powerlifting and strongman, and he's just that in his age, he's just he, yeah. like the guy just doesn't get hurt, man. He tra- he's, <laughs> he's doing something right, that's for sure. He's doing yeah, something right. Um, so anybody, before before we let you go, is there anybody you want to thank, any sponsors or whatnot you want to give a shout out and how people could follow you? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm. I appreciate all that SBD's done for me. You know, and, uh, also my wife, she puts up with a lot <laughs> to allow me to do this. But uh, you know, the Garys, you know, for all their help whenever I 
want to go to them. Mike Deshere with RTS. He's a big help. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. And if people want to catch you, do you have like, I know you got Instagram is Dennis Cornelius. Is there, is there any other channels like, you know, on YouTube or anything, do you? No, no, I just have Instagram and, you know, Facebook and Instagram. I don't really, I'm not really on Facebook that much. Instagram, Dennis.Cornelius500. There you go. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And hopefully I see you again in Belarus and we'll have some beers again like we did last time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, buddy. Way too many that night, man. <laughs> That's what it's there for, buddy. And, yeah. and, and those and those files are sealed forever. <laughs> <laughs> man, that was a that was a rough night. It was. It was. It was a good night, rough morning. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Talk to you later. We'll keep in touch. All right, man. Talk to you later. See you, buddy. And there you have it. Let me scooch this on over because we're a little Ooh. tight here. Um, yeah, I love I love talking to, to Dennis because we we uh, we got a lot in common. He he's into like jujitsu and powerlifting and everything. But um, it's true though in terms of like the weight classes, some dudes fall like you fall right nicely in eighty three. Yeah, I never even thought about weight class thing. Like yeah, like if you're right in the middle, like you know, <laughs> history will change. Naturally, eighty nine kilos. Or, um... if, if if let's say. Like, 89 kilo after a water cut. Yeah. Let's say, like, well, just cut water. No, no, no. After a 10-pound, 4-kilo water cut, which mm-hmm. is probably roughly average for that body size, 89 kilo is exactly where I fall beautifully. Yeah. And I'm at my max potential. Mm-hmm. That is dead in the middle of two weight classes. Well, exactly. sorry. Well, then just lift 80, 93. No, I get it. I can lift 93. But there's somebody who's bigger, who his beautiful 10-pound, 4-kilo water cut next him exactly the 93. Yeah, like I was pretty nice. I had to build into the 83-kilo class, and then I got heavy enough where I need to do a water cut. So And it works perfect Yeah, uh, for you and for me. Like, honestly, I ain't com- like, like not complaining for myself. It works nicely for me. But there is 100% in every weight class. There are people who, like, like Jessica Bittner, actually. Jessica Bittner... Um, for instance, kills herself to make seventy-two kilo. Mm. She like look. We we talk about how Jack. She she. If you meet her in person, everyone when she walks around in the warm-up room, everyone is like, "Oh my god, she is like, like that girl." She's she, one of just like shit. She's in my weight class. <laughs> she is jacked, athletic. You could tell like in terms of recruiting, uh, like any sport, recruiting the A level athlete. We got one. Mm-hmm. We got one in Jessica Pittman. But um, but she murders herself to get to seventy-two kilo. Flip side. To go to 84 kilo, that's 12 kilo from 72 yeah, to 84. What is that in pounds, man? That's like... 12 uh, kilos? Like, what, 28, 25? 25 I'm just pounds, guessing, like, ballpark, but yeah. Like, that's like a, a roughly 25 pounds, 12 kilo jump. So she might be like, look it. That's well, a different human being. That's a different human being altogether. So someone, someone could be like, whoa, 72's... You know, you're, I hear you're a huge 72. We'll just, just go, go up and wait. Well, yeah, I'm a big 72, not 25 freaking pounds. Even I get people that understand parapet all the time being like, why do you do a water cut? Just jump up to the next weight class. Wouldn't that be easier for you? And it's like, no. No, because it's a 22 pound difference. <laughs> exactly. That's what people, if you don't know, or if you want to oversimplify, people are like, isn't that kind of like cheating? No, you're going yeah, against, I get that all the time. You're going against guys smaller than you because you're cutting 10 pounds. 
no, 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 let her eight to ten pounds, not yeah. even ten pounds. It's like, no, man, we're talking. If I go up a weight class, it isn't just, well, I don't water cut and I'm going against guys my own size. No, I'm not. You're going against Ashton Ruska style mm. dudes, like dudes who are like way bigger. The weight classes are massive. Mm. You got to try to get in where you fit in. For some people, it's easy. For some yeah. people, it just doesn't. The roll of dice isn't there like that. And at that level of powerlifting, every pound matters. Like my man, well, <laughs> Ashton Ruska is a perfect example. The dude is is a freak in terms of how um, strong, athletic, just a gifted dude. Ashton Ruska is one of the most gifted dudes we got in sport. And he decided, I'm not going to wake up. Let me just see what happens. Comes in, right. th- comes in third. Compete at a late 105. Comes in third. And this dude is one of the best. You Again, a, a layman. What are you weighing at again? It was... 93 points up. Or 94 points up. Just off 93. He if you, comes third in 105. That is stupid. If you don't know no better, if you don't know power, if you're just a dude or a girl who's from the outside looking in, you'd be like, oh, Ashton, he came in third... At a national level. Good for him. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. And you try to explain. No, no. He's not third national level. Um, he is world class. Maybe he's one of the best in the world. Handful of people are as good as him. They'd be like, no. No. I looked at the rankings. He came in third in his nation, let alone the world. And you try to explain, like, the yes, guy was get it. <laughs> out of his weight class. He didn't cut. Well, he didn't cut. But, I mean, Bryce Lewis didn't cut either. Bryce Lewis doesn't cut water weight. But yeah, but like in terms of the way the weight classes work out, Bryce Lewis sits nice in, on mm. top of the one It's like there, you gotta find your lane. You oh, know what I mean? Sure. Like it doesn't matter how good you are, mass moves mass. So yeah, I mean, hit, literally, powerlifting history could be rewritten if we just shifted the weight classes. That for some, for some people, like oh hell no, don't shift them. For other guys, like Dennis, imagine Dennis, imagine they made, um, you know, two hundred eighty, like. Look at 265, 120 kilo and up. Mm-hmm. The difference between being 265 pounds, 120 kilo to 180 kilo, 190 kilo like Ray Williams mm-hmm. pushing 400 pounds is monstrous. Yeah. But on the other hand, we're not ready to have more weight classes. We don't still have battles in every single weight class and, right now. And Fair point. So, I mean, what as, the, as the sport keeps progressing, maybe one day, maybe. Fair point, because what was I saying? It's actually called uh, this conversation. Good. Yeah, when yeah. it's when everyone's spread out mm-hmm. and you don't have showdowns, you don't have battles. It's happens. not as exciting. So, there's a it's a tough battle. Yeah, you gotta find that balance. Where you sure. could be like, instead of 10 every 10 kilo, let's have a weight class every 5 kilo. Now mm-hmm. we lost Brett versus Russell. Exactly. Now we lost, like, I say Jessica Bittner um, as one of the examples. Her in the battle of the 72s made it phenomenal. She got a silver mm. medal yeah. in the worlds. Great um, athletes will do what they need to do to yeah, win their you, class. They'll like, find their lane. <laughs> exactly, because is there enough people in between 72 84 to warrant a weight class? Like, we would lose Jessica from yeah. 72, and who's she going against? And then you get the crazy guys like Ashley, who's just like, screw it, I'm just going to go on a weight class of the, just to make things fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so. You're right. I don't think we're there yet. No. As a sport, I don't know where we got to be to how many lifters we need. Mm-hmm. But there would be a careful balance where if we let this thing get out of hand and just started giving everybody a weight class, next thing you know, we end up like the untested division. Where exactly. Nobody's facing off against anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. Everyone have a world record. <laughs> Everybody's got a world record. and, and uh, Exactly. But I do like um, the SP- that's where the SPD Invitational is trying to find a common even ground where it's mm-hmm. like, look, no weight classes. You win the world, you come. 
You put well, you win worlds and hit seven hundred IPF points. You get to come, and um, and we're just giving you points. Everybody against everybody. Right. Flip side of that, and there's always a flip side, isn't there? Mm-hmm. But I don't like the IPF points. Exactly. Or, it's never like perfect for everyone. No, yeah. man. That's what it is with sports, mm-hmm. right? Um, the only way we can have it uneven keel is you show up same weight class and let's do battle. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know the IPF points was going to keep re- like they're going to keep renewing it. Um, yeah, they're going to update it because they use data points to create what they got, um, and the amount of data points they had was like phenomenal. They right. had like thousands of data points. The guy mm-hmm. did his research, and um, so they're going to keep. Now that we have new data points every year, and we start tinkering with it, to what extent they're going to tinker? Not sure, but um, but that's the way it should be. Always being updated. Joe was on here saying, and he's a guy who made it, and he said he's a humble dude. He's a guy. Call it the I, I don't need like Wilkes where it's named after me. I don't need look at I'm just trying to throw something together yeah. to better the sport. Mm-hmm. Um if you want to update this thing, if you want to keep updating it, look five years down the road, you're thinking this thing is now obsolete. Do what you gotta do, man. I'm just doing my part. Exactly. And, that, and that's that's exactly in that vein, that's it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you want to update it every year, every other year, you start seeing abnormalities, outliers start coming in, skewing numbers, whatever, do what you gotta do. But do you prefer IPF or Wilkes? As an 83 kilo boy, I like the IPF. Fair enough. <laughs> I like the IPF points. But it depends on weight class. Somebody's That's always true. getting the rub, the yeah. wrong end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 74s and 83s, everybody, especially Taylor Atwood, oh, yeah. Lower Heat. But previously, Taylor That's Atwood. That's nice to see him get more love out there, though. <laughs> well, previously, Taylor Atwood, Russell Lower Heat would never be a uh, uh, super heavyweight. Right. Like Ray right. Williams going to come in. You can see at a local level. Yeah. You would have a guy who's like. National champion, smashing records in 7384. And then getting average, by the yeah, average. average super heavyweight comes in who's doing maybe squatting double body weight. Right. Maybe not even, not even, probably not even. Whereas this other guy is doing crazy numbers mm-hmm. and he's like, right, well, is there a super heavyweight here? Okay, yeah. well, I'm not going to I'm not an expert on the two. From what I've heard, that the IPF does seem a bit more fair. But again, I'm not an expert on the two. See? It's just like what I've. But I'm kind of getting a feel of I don't know. You got to crunch numbers. Um, yeah, like now that I kind of like Dennis said, the longer we have it, the more we can start looking at it in play, crunching numbers and deciding. For, sure, shit, if you're 7043, I think it's better. Fair. Somebody's but as always, Dennis was saying, no. <laughs> no dude, no. I got no chance. He was, not, he was not happy about it. No, well, it's like, I got no chance. Or yeah. like, I got a chance, but it's I got to have an absolutely killer day. Right. So I think... I think it is, I don't know, the practicality of it, it's basically, here's the rest of the field in your weight class, and how many deviations away are you mm. from the rest of the field? Yeah. But you could argue, what if the rest of your field isn't properly represented, and they're not up to par with the rest of the greater powerlifting community? Exactly. Then it's not. So then there's a lot, there's always different ways. It's always to going to be so difficult to compare cross weight classes. And that's what literally Joe, who created Joe Markenstein, said, who created this was like, basically win your weight class, and it, it's, it's, you're never going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they got the SPD Invitational, but people are like, well, excuse me. You got to find something yeah. perfect. <laughs> Money's on the line. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Make it right. Yeah. And you got, yeah, exactly. You got the 73s and 84s being like, ah, oh, no, I'm not. I'm happy with this. <laughs> We've been getting a certain sick for too long. That's right. Let's make some money. Now that the money came around, let's keep it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it is what it is. So um, I hope everybody likes it. Uh, let me give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Frick, I was going to do this. Top. 
top of it, but we'll do it at the bottom of it. FusionMuscle.com, um, promo code KOTL25 for all your supplements. Drop it off. I know you use Fusion. I use Fusion, creatine, multi-work, uh, multivitamins, pre-workout, protein, whatever you've got, they got for you. They will drop it out at your house. You don't got to drive to the store. And if you use KOTL25, you get 25% off anything they got. So don't be crazy. Why would you pay full price for supplements? Why would you, you know what I mean, get get a 25% discount and dropped off at your door? FusionMuscle.com. And please, guys, like Dennis Cornelius and all the people we have on here deserve the exposure. Um, so take this, post it up in your Instagram stories. We will repost. And we are on YouTube. If you're watching, you see us right now. If you're listening, if you want to watch this, go to YouTube. If you're on YouTube and you want the podcast version, we're available in every single format. Give click us that red ratings. button. Subscribe. That's right. Click that red button. Subscribe. Hit that like button while you're there. Too. <laughs> while you're on, give us a comment. Make sure it's friendly. Um, but thank you for tuning in once again from Six Pack Lapidat. Cappy Fitness. Peace.